In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what Paul the Apostle wrote from his place of confinement. He wrote basically four letters. And in those four letters, there is more theology, more encouragement, more challenge than in so much other writings in the New Testament that it's mind-boggling that, that anyone could write you know, so much from confinement. So the question is, what are you writing from confinement on Soul Zero Two? Welcome today to Soul Zero Two, and we're so glad to be with you. And we've been talking about what you're writing from your place of confinement. And this is a follow-up to something we did last year on finding meaning in confinement. And maybe you have found meaning, maybe you haven't. But did you know that that people like Paul the Apostle, people like Joseph in the Old Testament, uh, even Christ, uh, found power and, and, and purpose in confinement, but also produced something out of that confinement. For instance, Joseph, uh, during his prison time, he helped interpret dreams and he helped administrate the prison. They gave him the keys. They trusted him so much. And that is amazing because he, he was able to find uh, a powerful way to break through just the monotony and the hopelessness that can come from confinement. So Paul did the same thing when he wrote these four letters to the Ephesians, the Colossians, to Philemon, and and to uh, uh, there was a fourth one which we'll get to today. But but uh, but I want to talk about those today. Think about what Paul wrote to the Ephesians from prison again. Right, this is not from a palace or a place of comfort. But Ephesians, one of the main themes is understanding who you are in Christ. And what are the limits of God's work in your confinement? None. In Ephesians 1.3, Paul wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So notice that even though he was in a confined place, he was focused on the heavenly places that are in Christ. Christ puts us in a heavenly place in him. Uh, we're not talking physical, but in a, in a spiritual sense that we work not for victory, but from victory because Christ has already overcome. And I might be in a spiritual prison, but my soul is not confined. I live and contend from a heavenly place. But he also kind of alluded to who does the work in you in, in Ephesians, to the Ephesians as he wrote it from prison. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are what he has made us created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So who does the work? Maybe you've been striving in this season. Maybe you've been making yourself so busy that you wore yourself out doing projects and cleaning closets and painting and fixing things. I know I've done a lot of projects in, in this season. But if you're our Christ prisoner, if, if you're in a season of confinement, then Christ promises he'll never waste anything because he has works that he, he prepared for you even before you were born. And he's the one who makes, who builds that into you. And so in this season, he's making something of you. Don't ever think that this time is wasted. But Ephesians also kind of touches on the idea of who your life should be submitted to in that season. Have you noticed that in close quarters, it's easy in this season that we're going through to lose your temper with your loved one or loved ones. And it's easy to be patient, uh, impatient. They say that domestic abuse is up and uh, all kinds of uh, psychological problems are up because of the confinement, because of the COVID situation. And 
So more than ever, we need to think about Ephesians 5.21, where Paul said, Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Revere one another. Respect one another. In this season, make it make a double effort to be patient with those you love. Because it's easy when you feel confined and you feel closed in to take it out on somebody else. Watchman Nee once said, We do not obey man, but God's authority in that man, or woman for that matter. All of us have a measure of authority, and we need to respect each other. And Paul ends Ephesians with the idea of how to stand. Ephesians 6.10, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Now, again, I want to remind you that he is saying this from prison how to stand. And he says, put on the whole armor of God and so that you may be able to stand. And Ephesians is, is about a lot of things, and one of them is about the armor of God and how to stand. And Paul Paul ends, uh, he, he uh, begins Ephesians by telling us who we are in Christ, but he ends Ephesians by showing us how to stand in Christ, how to stand as warriors in Christ. And you must know who you are before you're able to stand. And that's so important to know that. But then we have Philippians, all right? Letter number two. And this is something, again, I'm going to keep reminding you. He, he wrote from prison. And if, and if there's one thing you see in, in Philippians as a theme is that seeing God's hand when nothing seems to be moving in our lives. Paul saw this as his own captivity. Or rather, he saw this in his own captivity. Uh, Philippians 1, 12 and 14, he says, I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel. Right? This is why he, he's seeing his prison experience. It's helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the, the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters have been uh, made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. So, what is God saying to, to us through through Paul, right? Through Philippians, that let your prison experience, let your confined experience spread the gospel. Let it be used of God in some way that, that you discover, that you and God discover together, so that somebody else can can be emboldened and confident to follow Christ. But Paul also referred to this in Philippians, again from prison, right? How to rejoice in captivity. Wow. Since we're Western, I think, uh, we are so used to worshiping freedom and saying, you know, I'm free, uh, I can do whatever I want. But sometimes, no matter how free you are, you feel captive. And you feel like, you know what? I have everything in the world, but I feel like I have nothing. I feel like like I'm not connected, like I'm isolated, like I'm lonely. And Paul talked about how to rejoice in captivity. He said, for I know that through your prayers... And the help of the Spirit, Jesus Christ, <clears throat> of Jesus Christ, this will churn out for my deliverance. So he's he's casting it in such a way that that there's joy in his situation. And he also talked about to the Philippians from prison who our model should be, who we work out of in the in that season. He says, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who Though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born of human likeness, 
and being found in human form. He's saying, be like Christ in that in that season. Uh, and he goes on to say, who humbled himself in verse 8, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. It's saying, take that experience and say, God, I submit and surrender my will to you right now. I'm not going to claim my rights. I'm not going to say you have to do this. I'm going to surrender to you and say, do your work in me so that you can glorify yourself through my life, so that my life can be refracted to somebody through you. What a beautiful way to think about it. And Paul had a, a, an amazing way to see it. And he had this way of, without being weird, of just rejoicing and having the joy of God from confinement. And, and he also urged them how they should see the past, the present, and the future through Jesus' eyes. Uh, he, he, he urged the Philippians, I mean, how to do that in Philippians 3.13 when he says, But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in, in Christ Jesus. So Paul, he did so many things. He did another thing to the Philippians in writing to them. He says, he talked about how to get unspeakable peace over our worries. And again, I'll say it again. He's saying this from a place that is hopeless, from a place that 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 is confined and where he really can't move back and forth. And uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every time you worry, go to God in prayer, just like a reflex. But we have two more letters, and then we're going to finish this up today. But Colossians was another letter that he wrote, greatly encouraging. And it's just amazing because when you read Colossians, you think about how awesome Christ is, how powerful Christ is. And Colossians is really about the supremacy of Christ. And so he talks to, to the Colossians about who's really in control of all things. Now, in other words, this guy is in prison, and he's saying, you know, Caesar's not really in control. God is in control of Caesar, so I'm in God's hands. And he, and he talks about Christ in Colossians 1.15 by saying he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, and that includes Caesar, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What, a, what an encouragement and confinement to realize that God is in all this. That maybe he didn't cause COVID to happen, which, which I don't think he did, but he is in it. He's there with us, right there in that spiritual prison cell, holding our hand. He's in control, and not not the world around us, not the craziness that's happening. God is in control. So if you wonder if God is really in control by the way some Christians act, uh, you ever wonder that question, you know, uh, by, by the way some Christians act, you know, little faith, always complaining, just always, always wanting to give up. You wonder if God's really in control. But he also talked about to the Colossians of how knowing Christ keeps you from deception. And he said, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the element, elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. There's a lot of, of, of stuff flowing around social media today that Christians are just getting sucked into that has become nothing but a distraction away from Christ. 
And we need to be careful of these things. And this is a season more than any before that we must guard our hearts, our minds, what we see, what we hear, and, and make sure that Christ is at the center of our life. And he ends uh, Colossians by talking about our focus in Christ. Where does our focus? In Colossians 3.1, he says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, whether where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, but on things that are on earth. So often we get so caught up with what's happening politically in the world, what's happening in the government and all these things that we forget that God is actually in charge and that his kingdom is coming. And that needs to be our focus more than ever. And Paul also talks about how to speak to people the way Christ would speak. What better season than now to be able to speak to people in a way that Christ would speak to them? There is so much of vitriol and anger on social media. and I, I've even seen Christians treat each other very, very poorly. And I said, wow, that's terrible. But Colossians 4, 6, he puts it beautifully. Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. That's how we should talk to people. Never talk down to them, never rant at them, never never put them in their place, never, never tell them off, but let it be seasoned with salt. What does salt do? Salt brings out the best in food, right? So, so your, your salted speech should bring out the best in that situation, not the worst. And if you can't do that, then don't say anything. So then we have Philemon, and we're going to close, because I know we're going over a little more than usual, but Philemon and is all about giving a second chance to, to those who've hurt us. And there was a slave named Onesimus, Onesimus rather, who had in the past betrayed Philemon, leaving him sour and angry and, and betrayed. So Paul writes Philemon from prison again, saying, this man has now become a spiritual son to me, out of love, forgive him, give him a chance. And again, this this season we're in, we need to give people chances who have hurt us or or betrayed us or said things because God is working in them just the way God is working in you and me. So what is Paul saying here to Philemon? That this man once was a slave and acting like a slave, you know, an orphan kind of mindset. Now he's a brother in Christ, so treat him like a brother. It's easy for some of us to write people off, especially like my culture. I'm the Latin culture where, you know, where where you grew up saying, well, you know, if someone betrayed you, they're dead to you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but in Christ, all that has to go away. It doesn't mean you have to trust everybody who hurts you, but it means that you have to forgive them and release them so, so that you harbor nothing. And it's easy to write people off who have hurt us. But what if we begin looking at them as people that God is transforming and working on? through our prayers. So Philemon's uh, verse 15 and 16, he says, perhaps, and this is Paul again saying to, to Philemon these words, perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, right? This is why he betrayed you. This is why he left you for a while so that you might have him back forever, have him back growing up, have him back mature, stronger than ever. Then he says in verse 16, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave. A beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? So I want you to 
But think about this for a minute. Think about people who have hurt you in the past. Have you just committed them to the devil and said, you know, I don't need them? Or do you actually see them the way Paul did as someone that that maybe God is transforming, that God is changing every day? So what letters are you writing from your prison? What are you imparting with your words, with your prayers, with your thoughts from your place of confinement? If you find this broadcast helpful and a blessing, please like us on our YouTube channel and subscribe to us and connect with us. It'd be great to hear from you. Uh, uh, it's, it's a blessing doing these, and I love being able to encourage people. So until next time, thanks so much for listening, and God bless. Thank you.